Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizar, fear flying coach, 25 years. I'm today going to be talking to Captain Steve. We're talking September the 11th and 20 years on, obviously, this week and all the things that have changed. So welcome back, Steve. How are you doing? Thank you very much. Yeah. Excellent. So we are talking about those terrible, terrible events, 20 years. It's one of those things in our lifetime that we will all know where we were, what we're doing, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But, and also, as I've been watching the footage that's come out this week, is I imagine a lot of people being re-traumatised mm. and For possibly, sure. possibly new nervous flyers are being created as we see, mm. because the images are pretty harrowing, aren't they? So what were you doing 20 years ago? Well, I was just having a nice, I think it might have been a glass of wine, and then somebody rang me, a friend, and said an aeroplane just flown into the World Trade Center. And I thought, they said, turn on the, the news, mm. as like everyone else did. And and then you think that, oh, no, this is just a trailer from a movie, you know, that, that kind of thing. Oh. So it's, yeah, exactly. Yes, but I agree with you, Paul. I uh, mm-hmm. also watched a couple of those things the other night, the documentaries to um, obviously the 20 year has passed. And um, some of that footage on people's personal cameras wasn't used at the time, you know, on, mm. on reels. And likewise, I, I absolutely empathise with anyone who has gained a fear of flying because of it, because some of the... Uh, the shots and the footage I've never seen it either so. I was newly shocked actually and mm. I was on my way into London in the morning to get a new passport because it's my my it's customary for me whenever I'm about to go away somewhere important like a business trip I'm not I nearly always lose my passport and so this has happened about three times and so had an emergency appointment going in I thought you'd just get it. So I was just, I popped in, put my docs and they said, oh yeah, come back this afternoon. I was like, oh, right, okay. So I was just hanging around and I was supposed to be back in the afternoon to run a team build. And then that evening I was flying out to Cape Town. And oh. so I, I phoned the office and said, look, can you just let them, the, them know that I would be there for the team build? And she said, I don't think they're worried about the team build right now. I was like, oh, has it been cancelled? She said, have you not seen the TV? And I said, I'm in central London, so, and, and I just couldn't believe it. Like you said, I thought it was a film. It yes. was just remarkable. And and then that was it. You know, I knew that that was, the, the, that was going to be a change to me because yes. I worked for the aviation at the time and also to commercial aviation. I thought this is going to change a lot of things. And I still flew to Cape Town that night, and a lot of people were saying, what are you getting on the flight now? And I said, it's the safest time to fly. Yes. because everyone's going to be on massive alert. I mean, I literally got to the airport and there was nobody there because no. people were a bit worried. I had a half full flight. I just thought, I mean, I did have a tiny thought about it, but I just thought, knowing what I know about commercial aviation, yes. I just yeah. thought, no, I'm not going to let those people stop us doing what things we want to do. But And that's no. before all the things that have changed, so... Yes. So let's talk a little bit about those, because a lot of people sure. who, whose fear has been triggered by that may or may not know all the different things that have been put in place since. No. And I just wondered if you could perhaps 
just talk through a few because there's, pro- there's probably loads from your point of view. There's certainly, I mean, loads I can think of, but I'm just... Yes, yeah, no. In fact, I still feel that the biggest change for us, I still feel it today and, and I, I, I miss it very much. It's one of the biggest things, is, as you will remember, is um, we had a, uh, an open cockpit door before 9-11-2001 and um, anyone who is of our age uh, grew up in the sort of 70s and 80s will remember that when aeroplanes were hijacked and I, and I don't you know talk about that lightly but when they were they, they were on the news but it was a way of mostly groups of people demonstrating to get you know world coverage of, of something for their cause and they would obviously divert an aeroplane, but take it somewhere and, and they would sit on the on the tarmac for hours and then fly somewhere else. And that was really what hijacking was. So the reason why 9-11 was so unprecedented and not expected was that hijackers had never gone down with the aeroplane, for want of a better phrase. And so that's why, you know, there was always an open cockpit door um, because... It was the unthinkable. It, no one ever imagined that. So, and also on, on top of that, so people will ask, you know, well, how did, so they had things like box cutters on board, you know, how did they get on board the airplane? Well, again, in those days, you know, certain items were allowed on board airplanes because it was unthinkable they were ever going to be used to, to harm anyone, you know. So 20 years forward, what, what has changed and that is one of the biggest things is that the flight deck door now is, is an armoured plated door you know behind electronic code and stuff and only the crew will know how to get into it and it's a shame you know because one of the best ways that we used to help people with fear of flying was invite them up to the flight deck and I was very lucky I had 11 years under my belt of flying by then and it was just an absolute pleasure to have people in the flight deck and if not only were they were scared of flying, but one of the best ways to solve it was actually let them stay for the whole entire flight, including the landing. And they would get off completely different people because they would see what was involved, how relaxed the pilots were, and you know how things were double-checked, triple-checked, et cetera, et cetera, with checklists. So that's a real shame now because um, when you are now running the courses, you know, we, we take people up flying in the afternoon and on courses, etc. We can't do that anymore. You know, we can do the running commentary from the flight deck, but we can't actually physically let people into the flight deck now and just show the atmosphere that's on the aeroplane. I so, think that is often a surprise for people that they imagine because of the movies that you'll all be sat in there with your hats on, wrestling <laughs> with the flight <laughs> controls, you know, and it's going to be a, some sort of frantic... And it's yes. not, it's the opposite, isn't it? It's, it's very, very relaxed. And, and, that, and that used to surprise people. We used to literally take people into the flight deck and we just leave them. And then yes. they'd say, I'll come back in 20 minutes and switch them yeah. over. But we just never, it was never on our radar or no. it wasn't yep. a possibility. I mean, I, whether it had been considered as a risk by the intelligence authorities, we'll never know. But certainly, like you said, it was just something that was inconceivable that people would take it to those levels. And you and you think about this is not you think about the September 11th attacks. This is just not this is not an opportunist. This is 
carefully planned. They've worked out exactly how they can do it. And they've, they've probably spent years planning that. You know, and that's why I think about the, what's that analogy they always say in human factors about the, is it the Swiss cheese thing where, you know, you it's when yeah, all the holes all... line up, which is, is such, it's, um, it's virtually impossible. And any one yes. of those things along the way, the seven or eight things which are in place, any one of those that breaks the chain stops the thing happening. And that's the kind of the way safety works, isn't it? That there's always yeah. so many things in place. And so it's just yeah. unbelievable. Absolutely. So so what else has changed since then? Well, like I say, the uh, actually the access to the, the flight deck now, you know, it's uh, even for crew, you know, it, it's 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 hard work to get in and out of the flight deck because it's it's not not a quick thing, you know, because of the keypad and electronic uh, entrances required. One of the biggest things, of course, that people will no doubt all have experienced since 9-11 was you could literally, before 9-11, rock up to an airport, albeit late sometimes, almost, you know, it's like a bus service and you could be there literally under an hour and you could still board an aeroplane. Well, now you have to get to an airport probably three hours before departure, at least, I would say. Mm. And now all those procedures for um, security are in place because now they started a process of x-raying bags for a different reason. Not, not that they didn't before, but things like even before 9-11, one of the biggest things that changed was after you know, the Pan Am Lockerbie suitcases used to travel unaccompanied if they'd missed a flight you know say for example a passenger was connecting on somewhere and went but the bag didn't make it for whatever reason the bag was then subsequently sent later on and, and obviously that changed overnight after so after 9-11 the x-raying of uh, hand luggage and hold baggage was now to the nth degree and they put in more and more things to detect things that weren't detectable before you know mm. um, and then, of course, I can't remember now the, the dates, but not too long after 9-11 was, the, um, was the, the liquid bombers, you know, the, uh, the, I think they called them the shoe bomber, I can't remember what his name, but, you know, and then they just they discovered that liquids were, you know, being taken on board to, to, you know, mixed with something. But again, X-ray at the time wasn't able to detect those things, and now they are, so hence why the reduction in liquids on board. So. So the biggest factor, I think, going through an airport now, actually, it just, you know, it does, it stresses people out. Even when I go as a passenger, you know, I, I also, I don't like the time it takes, but absolutely do I know it's completely necessary. And, and it's a shame some of the security forces got a hard deal, you know, as things changed and they were abused and verbally, you know, et cetera, which was unfair because they're doing their job for a very good reason. So... I've seen people get quite indignant when they have to take their shoes off or yes, uh, being yeah. told, you know, well, you can't take that liquid through. It won't fit mm. in the bag and it's over 100 meals. And yes. that's the way it is, you know, and these are all the rules that we've all got, have had to fall in with. Yes. And, you know, the chances of that happening again, I would, I would hate to work it out as, as a non-mathematician. Yeah. But the reality is now that we just have to be that much more careful, don't we? So it's changed. It's changed commercial aviation forever. It's never. It's never going to go back to where it, you'll have flight debt visits and stuff like that. It's just never going to happen, is it? No, no. I'm. I'm. I've flown with many, uh, you know, young 
co-pilots starting their career. And of course, you know, you, you say this, you know, when we used to have flight visits and they look at you as if you've got two heads and that they can't imagine what that must have been like, you know. And, you know, when you tell them it was actually the best thing that existed because it was so, so fabulous, you know, to share your enthusiasm for it and to show people, you know, what, what aeroplanes do and how safe they are. Yeah, I was just thinking of another thing that actually what's changed was all about, you know, again, if people think it's just the airport and the x-ray, it's not. It's um, There's so much going on behind the scenes. You know, even when you buy your ticket now, they can trace that ticket, they can trace the credit card, they trace it all back to, you know, and this is how a lot of plots were uncovered, just simply by terrorists buying tickets, you know, to try something out. And they were all foiled, which was fantastic. So. You know, when you do go through an airport, it's not just what you see in front of you. It's there's so much going on behind the scenes now to, to prevent things like that. Yeah, that's what the word they call it, sort of over and covert security. Yeah. So you see the stuff, but you don't see what goes on behind. No. And uh, I've had glimpses of it through talking to security professionals and stuff, but still I, I yes. only know a fraction of it. And, and that's the no. way it's supposed to be, isn't it? You know, the information yeah. is not known to everybody. It's... And, and there's lots to... of stuff that goes on now to just keep us safe, which unfortunately means more delays, more stress. It you know, does. So like, yeah. You know, some airports, you've got those body scanners, you have to go, and it yes. feels, the first time you do it, it feels quite humiliating, but it's all for safety. No, absolutely. It's a very good reason for it, but yeah. yeah. So if you had to say for anybody that's been, dist- well, of course, we'd all be disturbed, but anybody that's re-triggered their fear or it's maybe yeah. started to create the fear, if you had to sort of give a, a positive message of mm. that would help them, what, what, yeah. what might you say? The overriding factor, I think, is just w- when you are watching these, these films that are being shown at the minute, just truly, truly know that that was 20 years ago and that was then. And that did happen then. And one of the big things that we obviously tell people on on the courses, on the Love Flight courses, is that no accident is ever repeated because of when they find that that's why they endeavour to find the black box. And all that's happened before years ago, every time there was an accident, the black box is found and it's corrected and that accident never happens again. And it's true it doesn't so all i can say is just believe that that was 20 years ago somehow incredibly some people were willing to do that by sacrificing themselves in whatever you know those extremists believe in and it was unprecedented and it was planned and planned and planned for years and years and years for those guys to actually attempt to even fly those commercial airlines they they went on flying courses for years before that so so that was then, and that's all I can say wholeheartedly is just truly believe it's not possible now to do that because of the preventative measures in place. Brilliant. Thanks, Steve. Steve and I are actually going to be together again the beginning of October. So depending on when you listen to this podcast, hope you can make it. Or if it's after then, sorry, you missed it. But we're running one. We, we run them fairly regularly. So the next one is the 3rd of, of October, I believe. Uh, so we would love you to join us if you're able to. And 
But if there's anything that's been triggered by this or there's any questions you've got, you can always, always drop us an email or a message via the different methods of Facebook group, which is Love Fly Overcome Fear of Flying. You've also got the direct email, which is team at lovefly.co.uk. And also we've got the Instagram account. So this will go out, a link will go out to the podcast on there as well. So whatever method you come across us, please drop us a message if there's anything we can do to help. And until then, take care. And thanks again, Steve. Absolute pleasure. Nice to see you all.